Oh, hey, Matt. Hey, Father Sam. How are you? You're here too, huh? Always am. Uh, I'm always waiting for you. <laughs> That's a little weird. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> That's what I was going for. <laughs> yeah, I thought you might have been. I thought that might have been the whole point. Uh, hey, we had, a, we had a pretty fun interview, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Top notch. Top notch. I'm, I'm really mm -hmm. excited to share this one with, with people. We had uh, we'd got to talk to Kristalina Everett. Mm -hmm. Kristalina, of course, is uh, world-renowned at this point. What was uh, yeah. it? Something like hundreds of thousands of people have seen her speak live in around the United States, but also internationally at World Youth has Days. Has she done international work? She's done like World Youth Days for like three or four, wow. five. I didn't World know Youth that. Days. I don't know how many World Youth Days, but it's been like she's done a ton. That's probably a testament to her, to her humility. The fact that she spoke at a World Youth Day and it didn't come up. It, the fact that she barely mentioned that at all but like did it come up did i just zone out <laughs> no no it, I, like, I, I don't think she even really talked about the fact that she does all this speaking for so many years i right. think we yeah. had to bring it up in order to get her to talk about it right okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. no she was she was amazing um and just a, what a like just nothing but energy nothing nothing so but much energy. energy it was amazing yeah, it, it it really brought out my extroverted nature. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. wrong to say nothing but energy because there was also a tremendous amount of substance. Uh, yeah. If I said nothing but energy, it just <laughs> right, seems right. like I'm, I'm kind of just saying, oh, she's just very energetic. No, the, the depth and the substance of the things that she was talking about with Women Made New and her, her book, yeah. plus the ministry that goes along with it, there was a ton there, it was great. Yeah, let's be crystal clear. Crystalina Everett, yes, crystal clear. <laughs> Yes. And you know, Great while interview. we're while we're talking about names and and things like that, we should also point out that Mary Stella Everett made a special appearance to help us with some of the mm -hmm. tech issues. She was a stellar assistant. I'm sorry, Mary oh. Stella. I apologize. I'm so sorry. No, you're amazing. <laughs> we had. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this was this was a fun a fun experience because this was also I think one of the first times where uh, things that could go wrong really went wrong for us. Yeah. And yeah. and yet uh, I, it I can't was tell handled you how much... with it was handled with such enthusiasm. Yeah, that's really? like that's the yeah, you know what I mean? Like which is a yeah. weird thing to say about problems, but it was handled with fun. It was it was amazing. So and, you know, I know that Women of Grace is another EWTN radio show, uh, mm. but Kristalina really was a woman of grace for us dealing with all right. of that. It was amazing. Right, it was awesome. It was yeah. awesome. So Folks, Unfortunately, Jason couldn't make an ad adjacent appearance. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well done. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we're and on, on that today. <laughs> Folks, enjoy this episode of The Tangent. We get to interview Kristalina Everett. Go to womenmadenew.com and check out the great ministry and book that she's, that she's working on. Um, and as always, you'll get the full episode if you go to wherever you get your favorite podcasts and look for The Tangent with Father Sam Kachuba. Enjoy this episode. Kristalina, welcome to The Tangent. Great to have you. Oh, I'm looking for, I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. So wow. thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah. Hey, awesome. that background looks really cool. Um, do you have your own podcasting studio? 
like you know right this is my like, husband's man cave podcasting studio and they're ma- we're like in the middle of constructing mine but right now i always just do it in his his podcasting man kind of cave there so yeah, <laughs> it works i think i think the background's cool maybe it's because it's the man cave i'm like yeah that's really cool i, I love yeah, it yeah really, <laughs> i get it it's it's cool but so you're gonna have your own yes so i two, am two oh. distinct podcasting caves a woman cave, maybe, I don't know, but I'm going to have my own just area that's all mine. I'm really excited. It's just that's kind awesome. of evolved and it's just kind of time for that. And there's so many things I'm doing that it's God's just pushing me in that direction. And I didn't force it. And I think that's that's a thing a lot of people do is force things, right? And mm-hmm. I that's one thing I don't do in my life is force things. I just kind of mm-hmm. move with the Holy Spirit and it's just time. So it's happening. I love it. Awesome. That's great. One At the end of the episode, you'll have to just teach me how to do that. Yeah, not force things, and instead oh, we're going to talk a lot about that right now. <laughs> instead of just go with the Holy Spirit, that's you know that's right. It's important, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, well, let's start with talking about women made new because this is the the new book that's out by Sophia Institute Press, um, and along with with this book, you're well. Tell us about the book. They didn't send us a copy, um, so. <laughs> Well, this is the book, okay, there made new, <laughs> and it would make sense why they didn't send you a copy, so no problem, but... <laughs> we don't send the book to dudes, it's just, you know... We don't send the book to guys, father, <laughs> but that's okay, I'm not trying to exclude you, but this book is for women who want to start over, who have been broken, who need healing, who don't have that courage, don't know what to do, they know there's something, but they just don't know exactly which way or how or what that looks like and this book came from my own healing process that I went through mm. and honestly without going on a tangent speaking with <laughs> on a tangent, um, I actually <laughs> had a dream when I was seven or almost eight months pregnant and it's because I was bedridden I went down to pick up a juice box and when I came back up my bones almost went like this and they went back the wrong way I didn't know it at the time, but you're so lucid and your body's getting ready to give birth that just the way I'd been, it just didn't go back right. And I'm going to tell you, gentlemen, I was in the worst pain I think I've ever been in my life other than childbirth itself. And I was kind of shaking and and it was really a lot. And Jason comes and I'm like, Jason, you know, screaming. And I didn't know it was wrong. And he took me to the emergency room. And they said, oh, it's just your sciatica. And I kept saying, I am dislocated. They weren't listening. But I was so far along in my pregnancy, I had to just go with the flow because I wasn't going to do any x-rays, take any medication. I just had to kind of deal with it. And there are times in your life where you are crying to God and then crying out to God. I was crying out to God. This was a moment in my life where it's just like, you're kidding me. And almost just like where you're so tested on the brink of your faith. And so I just... I just dove into that Gethsemane that was presented in front of me. And I had to stay like that until I gave birth. It was a lot. I had to basically crawl everywhere if I needed to go somewhere. At least I could crawl. But in that time, I had the most magnificent dream. And all of a sudden, there were rows and rows of women in front of me, different sizes, ethnicities, and their backs were to me, right? And all of a sudden, a black shadow And it freaked me out. This black shadow came and was going in and out of the aisles of these women. And as it passed them, they were just going like this, not even looking behind them, just like that. And I'm like, what are those things? You know? And I said, Lord Jesus, what are those? And I turned around and I was in front of this dead, desolate desert. And these things were just kind of falling down, hitting like, like rocks on wet sand. And this desert was coming and swallowing them up like they were never there. And they were the most magnificent gems and jewels I've ever seen. Hmm. 
And I said, Lord Jesus, what are those? And I heard a voice say, those are the gifts and talents and virtues that I have given women in their vocation. And they are throwing them away and giving way to the world. Then I heard, go find the gems and give them back to the women. And then I woke up and I'm like, gems? I'm like, where? where do I find these? I was so angry and like dissatisfied and like, what? Right. And, and again, I'm like, Jason, you know, <laughs> Jason. Was, was you he know? sleeping Jason also? Comes. So you're just waking him up or was like, <laughs> I, who knows where I was, you know, I'm getting eaten alive by our lions and all the other kids out there, you know, cause I'm bedridden and I'm going to say, he comes in and I told him what happened. He says, well, okay, we'll, we'll pray about that, you know? And then that was about it. So years kind of went on. And then as I was talking to the different women that compiled this book and my, my podcast evolved, my relationship with EWTN and my work with women and women made new and um, sexual healing and recovering from all of that, I knew I had to write this book. And when I called Catherine Hadro specifically, this was the one, she goes, Crystalina, what do you want me to write about? What do you think I should write about? And I said, Catherine, go to Jesus, see what he wants to tell you. I said, let him give you that gem that he wants you to give women. And I'm going to tell you, as soon as I got off the phone, I started crying. And I remembered, even though years passed, of that dream. And I realized I was collecting the gems. So mm. all of these women that have sent, and there's only 12 women. There's one priest, Father Joseph Mary, who was Mother Angelica's spiritual director and the chaplain at EWTN, um, are overcomers. They've all had a messy past. I was so surprised how vulnerable these women were. And these are all powerhouse women in the Catholic church and they all have their own ministries. So mm -hmm. women have been um, abused, raped, had an abortion. They have a messed up marriage they're in right now or self hurt or people pleasing, you know, you name it, it's in here. I mean, they covered the, the entire gamut of women's issues. It seems wow. like, and I feel like, Almost, this is a piece of fruit that God gave me and picked from the tree of suffering that I had to endure. Mm -hmm. And um, not to toot my own horn in any way, you know, these women that, that God allowed to be a part of this, their chapters I was reading and I just started bawling because it spoke to my own heart and things I was going through. So I have three chapters, Mother Angelica ooh, ooh, has two, <laughs> which is amazing, you know, did... and I got those. From literally listening to 300 what? hours. That's that's what I had to ask. Podcast. How did you get chapters from Mother Angelica? Who I know, right? This is crazy. I listened to 300 hours of video and her archive videos. They sent me the archive transcripts. I went through them. And wow. literally, I would be doing laundry, vacuuming, cooking dinner. And I had my little ear pod in. And I would just be like writing when something spoke to my heart. Or I yeah. just knew. And I was able to compile two chapters from her. And what's interesting is one of these chapters is actually called Personal Prisons. It's, she talks about these personal prisons. She said that she has met grown men locked away in prison that are more free than some people just walking um, on the streets because of their own sins and wounds mm -hmm. and everything they're holding on to. They're in such bondage. And it really just struck me because that reminded me of myself before my yeah. conversion and just everything I'd gone through. So this book, I feel, is, is pretty special. And it's already helped a lot of women that have come to me. And it's just been trans transformative in their lives. So that's my long rundown of my tangent to you about my book. I, I love it. Well, <laughs> just, be, just before you came on, Matt and I were talking about the, what's, what's freedom. And, and freedom is it, it's freedom to be who you truly are. 
and to be what you truly are, not to be bound by, by sin. Uh, so w- when you're talking about what Mother Angelica says, that there's people in prison who are freer than people who are walking around outside without shackles and without bars, uh, that, that really rings true. There's, there's a, lot of, a lot of stuff we put ourselves in prison with. Um, but this one's so focused to, to women and, and how important. And all right, look at, the, look at the world we're in right now. And what, what, do, you, what do you see for the, the struggles that, that women deal with? You know, one thing I have every woman ask themselves right off the bat um, is to take a sobering look at themselves. Maybe it's going to be the first time they've done this in a very long time, but to ask themselves this one question, right? What is it that is keeping you from becoming the woman that God has created you to be? What is it? Every, every man, woman, we all have it, but what is it? And if you can pinpoint it, you know, what is the brokenness? Where was the moment? What, what happened? You can pinpoint where your vices are stemming from, why you're reacting, what has happened to you. And for example, after Jason and I got married, I really thought I was going to leave a lot of my old life and baggage just outside the church. And I walked down the aisle and everything was going to be great. And I just lied to myself thinking, I'm going to start over and I'm going to be everything my parents weren't, right? Nightmare. And that's (laughs) the opposite. And maybe three years into marriage, I really started struggling. And and we, I think I was pregnant with our third or three babies in and I didn't know what was going on with myself and I was just mad. I was just, ugh, just, just, I wasn't right. And I would go to, I would go to adoration. I became incredibly Eucharistic, especially after my conversion. Mm. And Jesus was just telling me, you need to go to counseling. And well, I said, no. I mean, who tells God? No, I just said, no. <laughs> How often do we do that? Like Jesus sure. is asking something and you're like, later, later, God, just no. But I was scared. I didn't want to admit I was broken. My family was like, you don't talk about these things. You definitely don't pay someone to tell about your problems. So I didn't want to admit it. And it was very hard, but I had to humble myself and do what God was asking. And it was the best thing I I did. It changed my entire life because in there, uh, it was revealed to me that I was sexually abused as a child. Hmm. And I just stuff it. And women are excellent stuffing their stuff and putting lipstick on it. But Honestly, I made so much sense to myself in that moment. I I understood why I sexualized my anger. I understood why it was hard for me to give love, receive love. Just so many things just fit all of a sudden. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I saw myself for the first time. Mm. And it was amazing. So I don't want women to be afraid of whatever it is they're holding on to, what's holding them back. Just ask yourself that question in a sobering way. Maybe do it in adoration. And I'm really encouraging women to get this book and do it in adoration during Lent. Because Hmm. you want Lent, let's go. You know, it's time. Like Enough is enough. We're in a battle. This is a war. This is no joke. And our eternal soul is at stake. And it's time to just show up to our own fight, period. Yeah. I was speaking to one of my friends recently. I have nothing to add to that. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I was speaking to one of my friends recently. His name is Deacon Ferry. Um, And he... I, I was speaking to him about, you know, dealing with past sins, dealing with past sins. Mm. Uh, and he brought to me Peter walking on water and how the, the thing he kept repeating to me was keep your eyes on him, keep your eyes on him. And so you're talking about doing this in adoration. And it's like it's speaking to my heart because it's that's what I have been saying to myself over and over for the last like three weeks. Just keep your eyes on him. Don't get distracted by the waves. Don't get distracted by the thunder. Just keep your eyes on him. Whatever you do, just just aim for Jesus, you know? Uh, and so, Stay the course, right? Right, yeah. Stay right. Stay the course, no matter what. And this is what I want to speak into that, is that 
as long as you know you're doing God's will, and all too often we ignore it, we blow it off because it's scary, we have to let things go. And people people say, well, I don't hear God. I really don't. We just don't have that kind of relationship. Or they think they're not lovable enough or holy enough and God doesn't want them. But I'm going to tell you right now, people that say I don't believe God, I don't believe them. Because I don't care how drunk, how high, and the pit of clubs I would try to like put myself in with the music and just to shut that voice up in my conscience. And it is our compass to heaven. And you know what? I still heard Jesus pursuing me in that filth. So I know people hear his voice. It's a matter of actually answering that call, doing what he's asking. We are self-willed people. And it is up to us not to blow God off in that moment because there are ripple effects. There are lives at stake. And it matters. What people do right now matters. And they think it's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's a great deal what they do. Because if that young gentleman didn't get up when I had my huge conversion and the talk that changed my life, if he didn't have the courage and he told God later, where would I be right now? You know, there are ripple effects in generations. And what if I didn't say yes that day? What if I wanted to just keep partying and say, later, God, I'm having too much fun, even though that would have been a big lie? You know, no. I never would have married my husband, Jason. He would have wanted to counsel me. I mean, let's be honest, not marry me. You know, I wouldn't be sitting here or written this book. And my 11, 11 children would not have come into existence if I just didn't give that yes. So when people ignore God and they give in to that demonic dialogue that we all struggle with, It is going to affect their lives in a very negative way. And this is the thing. Sometimes people don't agree with what you're doing when you're doing God's will. They don't understand it. But that's not your problem. That's They need to go talk to God if they have a problem with what he's asking you to do. And he will put them at peace. But all that matters is that you are right with God. You're doing his will. And no matter what demons come after you, you know, I mean, all of hell can come after you. But as long as you're in God's will... You're going to be protected. You're going to have everything you need to fight that battle. And he will see you through to the end as long as we stay the course. And that's the problem. Mm. We so too often get distracted by our own fear, our own insecurities, inadequacies. No, 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 no. The demonic dialogue is real. And I was interviewing Emily Wilson. Mm-hmm. And she, I was like, how do you handle it? And she said the most profound thing to me I use on a daily basis. She said, when that happens, Christina, I just say, Jesus, tell me the truth out loud. Jesus telling the truth. The devil hates Jesus and he hates truth. And yeah. you know what? It flees. And then I have my own brokenness to deal with. But when you have the devil in there messing with that, you really don't know what's what. You have to bring Jesus into everything because you can't stand up against the evil one, but God can. And as long as you've got him and you're doing his will, you're powerful in that because it's God's power, not your own. Yeah, that practice of, of asking Jesus, tell me the truth. You know, the Sister Miriam talks about renouncing lies and speaking mm-hmm. the truth, right? So you, you yes. renounce lie, you affirm the truth. And then sometimes it's just by doing that over and over and over again that you come to actually believe the truth. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I want to come back to this for in, in a second, but I just need to ask Matt one question. Matt, does Deacon Ferry listen to this podcast? Do you know? Sometimes. Um, okay, I, well, so I've we're going to... I want to shout him out here for a second, okay? Because Kristalina is talking about staying the course, and I think, Kristalina, you're onto something really important. I'm going to tell a quick story about Deacon Ferry because I love the man. I think he's wonderful. I cannot wait. May 20th, he will be ordained a priest of Jesus Christ, and I'm, I'm so excited for him and the he's, other men from our diocese who are going to be ordained. He's great. He's wonderful. Yeah. But here's the thing, okay? Ten years ago, when I was vocation director for the diocese of Bridgeport, I accepted him into the seminary. You know what he did? He said, thanks, but no thanks. 
And then he went off and he got his, his, his RN. He became, he became a nurse. He did all kinds of really great things for a couple of years. And then he came back after I was out of the vocations office and had moved on to another assignment. And then he came in and I was like, what, you're just waiting for me to leave? Stay the course, right? I love Deacon Ferry, future father Ferry. Can't wait for him to be ordained. He's a great guy. And I love to tease him about this every time. So now we've done it. Thank you, Kristalina, for your patience. I really appreciate that. Now, oh my God. <laughs> he's, he's, becoming, he's becoming a father May 20th and I'm becoming a father May 17th. Boom, Whoa. look at that. Yeah, so Dude, that's like, beautiful. May 17th yeah, yeah. is my ordination anniversary. <gasps> Boom. Yeah, Boom is right. Let's go. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> and you can rest assured we will be coming back to you telling me how to be a proper husband to no. a new mother and also oh, yeah, that's, how to that's be a proper coming. father to a new son. I'm just saying we're going to come back to it. I'm prepping okay. you for it. Great. Okay. You got it. All right. Well, so the, the, but this is this is a good thing. Staying the course. All right. We're talking about staying the course. Well, all right. Matt was a student at the high school where I was a high school chaplain for a while. And so we've, wow. we we go way back also, right? I, yeah. I remember Matt as, as a kid. When we got the news that you were going to be able to come on the show, he goes, I've heard of her. And I said, of course you are, because you're a Catholic who's been a teenager in the last 15 years, right? Now, we're, we're, we're going back here, but staying the course, staying the course, because this is so important. You mentioned your husband, Jason, and you got married. What, when did you guys get married? Uh, you're going to get me in trouble. I think 2021, and it's been 20 years. Okay. Back 20 years. It's been too old. That will be upon our 20 years. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. That's, that's so good. You know, it's crazy. I, I have teens that have come up to us. Well, they were teens and now they are working in high schools and they are in the government and they are like all over and they just, they heard our stuff and it changed their lives, which is, and God did it, not us, but it's unbelievable. One, I feel really old. And second, I feel incredibly privileged, you know? <laughs> yeah. So let's be honest. No, it's, it's awesome. So I'll, I'll tell you the story. I, I was, um, when I was in my first year at the North American College, um, I was in a restaurant with a, with a priest friend of mine. And as we were getting up to leave, we, we walked past a table and you and Jason were sitting there. And I think you had your firstborn with you. And you were sitting at, the, at this table. I don't, know who, I don't remember who you were with. You were with an, another American priest, though. And um, we kind of like waved to you and said hello. And I was like, that's Jason and Kristalina Everett. And it was like my first Catholic celebrity sighting. And I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> but no. you this this might sound insulting i don't know um but like you've been doing this stuff for a long time this this is a ministry that you have taken on and you and you've done it for a long time i'm going to be honest you know i am so i think far removed i don't think jason and i realize the impact that that god has done with our ministry and now even with my women made new it's it's humbling and it's a little overwhelming, but I honestly will get off of this and I will go do laundry and I will go cook dinner. And it's just like, I did it. I did what God asked and I go to the next thing and, and, and I then stay you go the back course, to being a know? person. You're still a person the whole time, right? Yes. And Catholic <laughs> Do you know, one time my, my children, one of my children, we were in the driving in the car and he's like, Mom, we saw some videos of you today. And I have been very careful to really keep my children like far removed from the big conferences. And now we're starting to take them because it's like the cat's out of the bag. But for the longest time, right. they had no idea what we did. Well, there's 11 of them, them too. To stay like... humble. I wanted my kids to like just stay humble and not think like, you know, I didn't want that. And not that I've met anyone that has had that, but it's something that came to me in prayer. Yeah. And I just follow and I do whatever Jesus asked me to do. And I am... I try to be as obedient as possible. So I just kept my kids away for a little bit, but they're like, mom, we saw videos. Are you a celebrity? And I'm like, no, 
we are disciples of Jesus. And you know what happened to the disciples. You know, we are disciples, period. And, you know, but that's very sweet of you to say. So thank you. Yeah, thank yo, you very you're welcome. much. No, but it was, it, it's something that, that stuck out as, as something I, I remembered it and thinking, well, no, you guys were like, worried about the kid messing his diaper or something. Um, so it was, Probably. it was, it was a very normal sort of a situation with That's, that's really cool. But then I, I look and I see for, for how many years you, you've been doing this. And so what I got to thinking about was you've written pure womanhood, theology, of the body for teens. Um, and you've been giving talks and encouraging and teaching the virtue of chastity for, for a long time, but the world has changed pretty dramatically. And our society and, and our whole approach to, to human sexuality has undergone some major changes, even just in the last couple of years. We've, we've come to a different awareness of things as a society, just in a secular sense. Um, as you've gone through this, you've stayed the course teaching what the gospel teaches us, encouraging people to follow Jesus and to live the way that they're created to live. But you've also grown as a speaker and, and as an author. What's it been like to stay the course while also growing and maybe changing the method while keeping the message? You know, one thing in all of that is that the world has changed the way we view things. I mean, the distortions these days are just, it's shocking to even just take that in that that's a reality right now, right? But God, God doesn't change. His teachings don't change. Mm. And he will always be faithful if, if you just... Take that time to listen and he'll show you exactly, no matter what's going on in the outside, he'll show exactly what you need to do. And I think we're so focused on what's going on in the outside that we forget to stop and focus really what's important and what's going on on the inside because it's affecting how we live. And I think a lot of people these days are frustrated, overwhelmed, and scared because they are handling things as people of the world, but we're not people of the world. We're here, we live in the world, but we are people of God and we need to start acting like it. And we need to start solving our problems like it. And so many Catholics are acting like Jesus ascended and left us orphans in the clouds when it's like, no, 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 no. I saw him this morning. Thank you. Okay. Right. We have the most powerful <laughs> force in the universe of Jesus here in the Eucharist. And we act like we're abandoned when we have everything on our side. You know, and Jesus is there to fight for us, to love us, to be with us, but we've abandoned him. That's the problem, you know, and they don't take the time to go to adoration. They don't take the time in the silence. They don't take the time to see what God's will is in their lives. And if you're having a problem, we as people of God, we don't search the latest thing on how to heal or deal with this problem. No, we get down our knees. That's where the people mm -hmm. of God should be going first, get our orders, we go from there. But if you're doing anything but that to solve the problems in your life, you're going to be frustrated and overwhelmed. Right. Hmm. right. Mm. I, so I'm actually a high school teacher, um, and I, I'm blessed enough to be working in a Catholic school uh, and in a Catholic school that is genuinely Catholic. Um, Lucky. Yeah, and, and I, I really do. I recognize that. We will be teaching Theology of the Body for Teens. Um nice. And it clicked in my head that that's your guys' book. Um, okay. Are you using the... her book? Because <laughs> like, can we set up no, like a, no, probably. a Zoom guest lecture or something? <laughs> hey, I'm what down. Is... Okay. Hey, I'll call you on it. Uh, what is the most important thing that I can stress to these kids? Who I would say that like 95% of them are in really, really serious Catholic families. And these kids want to live the Catholic lifestyle, you know, mm -hmm. they're like, they're in, uh, they may not be educated quite yet. Right. That's why they're there. 
but they're in. And so what's the most important thing I could tell them? What I would say is this, and I know some a lot of people want these big answers to, to give them and these big like just gem of their sexuality in this to just keep them and hold them back. But honestly, I think the most important thing that you can do for these kids, because right now they are pretty sheltered, it sounds like. Yeah. And one day they are going to walk out of their parents' home and they're going to be on their own and they need to know who they are and whose they are, and that no matter what comes against them, that they have got to fight, defend, and to be by their side, no matter where they are at or what is happening in the world. Like he is our defender, he is our protector, and he is going to be there through and through, but, but they have to learn to listen. It is a weapon. In the spiritual realm, it is a protection and it is is straight up a compass to heaven because my kids have left and gone to their friends and this and that and they're starting to go out and but they've come back in times and said, mom, mom, they were doing something and you know what? I listened and I didn't do it. And I'm so happy, you know, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, oh, good job. That's amazing. Da, da, da. And then I'm walking away like, yeah, mom right. points, you know, like they got it. But if you can teach them that, if you really can teach them to listen and hear the voice of God, it's everything. And this is what I'm yeah. going to say to this, because that demonic dialogue is fierce. It feeds into every insecurity, every wound, everything you've got going on. And it is loud, right? We're so easy to believe the nonsense from the evil one. Why are we so quick to dismiss that God of heaven is going to counter that and protect us in some way. And his voice will be there to counter, right? We're so quick to blow it off, mm. but it's serious. And if you could teach them that when they start getting into being tempted with their boyfriend, with their girlfriend, mm -hmm. to go into the ways of the world, something's going to pull them back. And I think that is something that we, we overlook and we don't teach them. We want to teach them all this theology, all of these things, but we got to stay with the simple ABCs first, right? Yeah. And you give them that foundation, sky's the limit. And they need to know that they were created with a specific purpose in 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 mind, in God's mind, when when He created them. You have a purpose, you have a plan, you have a mission, you are here for a reason, and you are Jesus light in the world right now. That is not just some Bible verse that that's for your grandma or that we just read and pass by. No, that's serious. God puts his light in us to be the light in the world. Mm. And we never hear that, right? Mm. Crystalina is Jesus' light in the world. Matt is Jesus' light in the world. Like there's something about Father Sam is Jesus' light in the world right now. To actually hear it, it's like, it, it, it took me back the first time. Yeah. I heard that, right? Yeah. There's something about it. But we got to stop trying to figure out the latest and the greatest. And No, 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 no. We just have to, God is simple. God is ABCs. He lays it out and we need to just start veering this way and that way and stop being distracted and go to where he He is and is going to meet us. Can we just cut out that part where she said, Father Sam is Jesus light in the world and just play it on a loop a couple times in the course of the episode. <laughs> just every once in a while, just, just so that like, I, I want people to know, you know. Um, <laughs> I want people to no, know. It's, it's an important thing. It's, uh, yeah. We're trying to get listeners here, so if people oh, sorry, know that, sorry, that'll be yeah, pretty helpful, exactly, you know? Exactly, right? <laughs> Can you Why imagine? Why should you listen to the tangent? Well, uh, Father Sam is Jesus' light Talk to the world. Talk about a tangent, right? Perfect. Oh, it's, it's right there. Well, but I think I think you're absolutely right, Crystalina, that this, 
these are the messages that, that need to be told. But then also, what do you see with your kids? They come back to you. Your kids come back to you and they know that they can tell you the story. They can tell you what happened and that you're not going to be upset that they were exposed to, to something or that they, mm-hmm. that they saw something. You know, you hear these stories about somebody says, well, uh, mom, the friend of mine at school and they get in trouble for what the friend did. You know, <laughs> like mom yells at them because of what their friend did. But, I, but mom, yeah. I didn't do it. I'm just telling you what they told me. And it's, yes. it, but, I, but that, that can happen, right? Yeah. When your kids have that security that they can come back to you and talk to you, that's a testament yeah. to, to you as a parent that they're able to come back and share that with you. Well, then to help parents to, to do that, um, do you see anything? I mean, Women Made New is not just a book. It's also a website. You're creating. Oh, yeah. So you're, you're creating a whole ministry. It's not the, the book goes along with it, but there's there's way more to this. Yes, I wanted to weaponize women in their own healing process. Oh, that's a great word. Let's be honest. <laughs> Matt, that's the episode title, Weaponizing Women and Other Tangents. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, we will get listeners for all the wrong you reasons. Have, it's going to be so good. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? If those people somewhere. are listening, those are the people yes. we want to reach. So that's fine. <laughs> Thank you, Kristalina. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's the truth. That is really when this book came to me. I just wanted to give these women an arsenal. Yeah. Because I know what it's like to be beat up, to feel just bound up and helpless and filthy and dirty and overwhelmed by your own sin and not knowing what to do. But it was with just my time in Eucharistic adoration, becoming incredibly Eucharistic and just being honest with myself. Your com- confession's the first and foremost starting point in any of this. In all things with God, you've got to be right with God. It's the most important thing you can do in your life is to make sure you are right with God. And if you are not, that's it. Go to confession. And if you're like, well, I can't hear God or, well, I couldn't hear God either when I was in like buried in my filth, you know, and I had to go get clean and get right and get just all of that muck taken away. And they say, and I heard a priest say that confession is a mini exorcism. Mm. And I understand and women have come to me with their own experiences in confession and just do not be afraid. Don't let the devil bully you and do not live in the cell of somebody else's sin that maybe has been done to you. Mm. You know, you need to, you need to face it, own it, heal it and be strong and and unafraid because Jesus will catch you on the other side. You have to show up to your fight. You have to go, you have to engage your will. And once you can do that, it's really powerful and God will transform their lives. But this book is an arsenal because I can't necessarily deal with women that have had abortion, but one of the women in here can, and she doesn't just have a story. She's got an entire ministry to help that woman. Hmm. So any issues that they're struggling with, there is a ministry behind the story that they can go, oh, I, I get Cameron Fratt. I'm there. What it, what? And I put all their resources in the back, all their website. Because this is the thing. Everybody has a seat at the table. I have no time for competition, comparing all of the nonsense the devil wants to get us all wrapped up in. So I don't, I don't live out who God created me to be. You know, and that keeps women from becoming who they're supposed to be is all the catty nonsense. And I wanted this book for women to come together to lift other women up, that women helping women and that my place at God's seat is not anybody else's. That is mine and mine alone. And even if she has similar gifts to me, great. She is not me. And God doesn't love her like he loves me. It doesn't have that same relationship. And he's going to give me gifts that he won't give her and vice versa. And no one is better than the other. We all are welcome. We all have a seat. And it's time we put our nonsense, petty stuff aside and look at the real problem and the real enemy. And it is not your sister sitting across from you.
I'm just thinking about the, the no, I've I just I've just been doing this this thing with uh, there's the the male brain and the female brain. It's it's two books. They talk about how the differences yeah. and how and li- literally how we're wired and kind of a fascination with with how God has made us different. Because you're talking about that competition that that is is so present. And whenever I think of that same kind of competition, I'm like, well, no, of course I I want to be the best, but I know when I'm not. And so there's there's a hierarchy of like, all right, who's who's the best? And I, I'll try to be there. But if if I'm not that guy, then I just have to accept my my place in the hierarchy. And like as, as a man, I, I just kind of understand that. And I think it's because there's actually a a brain chemistry thing working that has hardwired me to accept my place in that hierarchy. Not meaning that I don't want to get better or improve, but sometimes I have to wait my turn. Um, whereas I think that it seems to me my understanding and my understanding could be very flawed, but the way that the feminine genius works is to kind of see the whole. And you, I think that women are able to see the, the bigger picture in a, a much more fascinating way and a, a much more vibrant way. Um, I, I see at least one step ahead, but not much more than two steps ahead. And I think women see not only the, the two steps ahead, but also the four steps to the side, three steps backwards and several different moves diagonally. That's why the queen can move in any direction and the king can only move one square at a time. And I don't even know anything about chess, but I know that, right? It's the feminine genius and the masculine genius. And Did you just work. make that comparison up? Yes, just now. That was fantastic. That was Sam is Jesus's light in the world. Remember, (laughs) Kristalina said it. But but there's there's a way in which I think that ability to see everything and to see things so clearly and to draw connections and to want to make those connections can, when made competitive, lead actually to division and to a sense that that the woman has become isolated. I'm on my own fighting the battle against everybody. It's me against the world instead of that more expansive, what you're doing, which is seeing, no, no, there's a seat at the table for everyone, which is also living out of the feminine genius because that feminine oh, genius is, is expansive and, and, and welcomes. It's, it's nurturing. And, and I, I mean that in the, the truest possible way. It's this, this nurturing that allows so much life to happen. When we enter into who God truly is calling us to be, it is powerful. But there's hard work involved as well. You know, battles are never easy. And if anyone, if everyone wants to admit it or not, we're all in the front lines of this battle, period. Either you're going to engage or you're just going to be a casualty. You know, it's that simple. And right now we need other people to be unafraid to speak the truth and to do what is right, Hmm. period. And so many people cower and think the evil one's winning and all of this nonsense with the Grammys and Madonna and all the blasphemy and the, you know, the the, just demonic shows they're putting on all over. Do you know, I actually see that as a sign of weakness on the evil one's part because he likes to be in the shadows. He likes to operate in the dark and he doesn't want people to know who he is. So the fact he's so much in our face right now and in straight out in the light, just that's what it is. It's a huge sign of weakness on on their camp because they're exposed on so many levels. So we are not winning this. We're not losing. We are absolutely winning this more than people realize. Mm. But they're so cowering in fear that they need to look up at Jesus and ask him, Jesus, let me hear you. Jesus, please let me see you. I need help in my belief, with my disbelief. Help me believe. Mm -hmm. This Lent, if you can do anything, you spend time with Jesus in the Eucharist and ask that one question for men and women. What is it that Jesus, what is it that is keeping you from becoming 
the man or woman that God is calling you to be. What is he saying to you? What is Jesus asking you? He is pursuing you right now in this podcast. You're not listening for no reason. You're here for that precise reason that Jesus is pursuing you on a deeper level. But you have to engage. You have to stop being afraid. And that just know you are not alone. Mm. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done. All that matters right now is where you go from here. Because this battle's not over. But it's up to you. But it's going to be up to you how much you're going to engage. You're going to pick up your weapons of light. Are you going to battle? Or are you just going to sit there and die in fear and just, oh, and cower? No, we're not people that cower. We stand strong with Jesus and he'll give you everything you need. doesn't matter what that healing process looks like or what you have to get rid of. But God is with us. Yeah. I was worried that you were quoting the Backstreet Boys or Sync or one of those boy <laughs> bands there for a second. I don't care who you are, where you've been, what you've done, as long that's as you right. love me. Yeah, oh I was like, God. come on, that's the soundtrack to... Yeah, the class of 2001, baby. Uh, <laughs> Maybe class. that's where it came from. I haven't seen that forever. All good old Well, here's the thing. All right, so those those kinds of lyrics have truth to them, or they either they either Great reflect truth. the truth perfectly, or they imperfectly capture the truth. Right. So there's like the. the they reflect the truth, and this is what God says to us. I don't care who you are. I just want you to love me. I don't care. I don't care what you've done. I, I want you to love me. But what's maybe not said in the song is I love you in return. And that's what the father says to us. That's how that's how God look, looks to us. But like, I think every every songwriter and and Matt's a songwriter too. He's a great musician. Um, nice. Songwriters are trying to capture something. The poets they're always trying to capture something of God in the end, right? And so the, the greatest poetry is love poetry. Right? Well, love poetry is always a reflection of if if love is of God and from God and God is love, then then the poets are always trying to to capture something of of that. So. I forget where I was going with that. It doesn't really matter. But, no, but it's song great. lyrics I, know. Have I, stuff. I actually want to add to that, Father. I Go. want to actually add to that, Father Sam. This is great because the, uh, just a couple of months ago, I was really getting beat up with like, well, how does Jesus really love you? Like you're one in a mm. billion. Like what is that? That's like a crumb. That's like a, a, a pedal of sand, you know? That's nothing. But I mean hard, just constantly. And I'm in adoration. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, and going through this attack almost. And I'm finally like, Okay, Lord, what, what's going on? How do you love me? How are you loving me? I don't understand. I was having a hard time. And I, I, I'm a very visual prayer. Let's put it, when I pray, it's very visual. And all of a sudden, I have a devotion to the Sacred Heart. I just felt like I saw the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Beautiful, right? And all of a sudden, it exploded. And now, just bear with me, okay? It exploded, and then it came back in puzzle pieces. It looked like one hmm. big, giant gigantic, this 3D puzzle, and there were names written all over the heart, but there were pieces of it missing, puzzle pieces missing throughout, and all of a sudden, I saw my name on a puzzle piece of his heart, and I felt like I heard said to me that this is the part of my heart that belongs to you, and no one will ever take that from you. No one will ever replace it, and even if you rejected me, I will never put anyone there because you are irreplaceable and I love you. And this is part of my heart that is yours and yours alone. And then I said, what are the empty pieces? Where, where are the, those were people that have rejected God, that will never know him, that will never love him, but he still will long for them for all eternity because they did not, they just weren't there. And that how sad that those will forever be empty and he'll never put anything there 
but that love that was meant for those people because they belonged, they were a part of him. And in that moment, I understood. Mm. And no one's taking my real estate. No one's taking that part. It's all mine. It's Kristalina's. I am his. He is mine. And that really helped me. And it's very, very like ABCs, but that's where I'm at, yeah. you know, and that's okay. But it really helped me just grasp and understand where he's at with me and where I'm at with him. You're talking about becoming Eucharistic and, and adoration and everything. So we're, we're now in this time of, of Eucharistic revival in, in the country. And mm-hmm. I think you've already answered it, but I'm going to have you talk about it anyway. Uh, as, as you're looking at this Eucharistic revival and calling on, on, on everybody, spend more time in adoration, become who Jesus called you to be. Um, as you look at the Eucharistic revival and what we're aiming for as a church in the next few years here in these United States. Um, what's your hope for the Eucharistic revival? And what do you think, what do you think needs to be included? Like it's still early. I think there's, there's a lot of time to, to like add stuff to what we're, what we're aiming for. There's a lot of time to, uh, to take this, this revival and say, all right, this is how we're going to make it happen. And these are, these are some more things that need to be included as well. What do you think? Can you and, can you imagine if every single church, Catholic church on the face of the earth did an hour of adoration a day with its communicants? Hmm. The entire world would change. The, the belief in the Eucharist would change. Or just one day devoted here at the church down the street where I go to daily mass. Every Wednesday, they have Eucharistic adoration. It's magnificent. And the churches that have Eucharistic adoration are the ones that flourish that have spiritual life, that have vocations, that have ministries, that are just these branches that that go out. And the ones, I'm sorry, that don't feel dead. Mm-hmm. They just do. Like something's just missing. That essence is just that life. I, I don't know. And I've been to a lot of churches in 20 years. And there is a difference when you walk into a church and you walk into God's dwelling place, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad you're saying that because I'm, I'm working right now with a, a group of people to get Eucharist perpetual adoration started at my parish. Uh, so folks, St. Pius the 10th Parish in Fairfield, Connecticut, we need a doors, just come sign up um, and we'll, we'll get you started because we're, we're really excited to do it. But I think you're absolutely right. Those are the places where you're going to see a vibrancy. But just ev- the image even of, of having, having people coming to pray 24 hours a day, or even if it's just one hour a week, that the blessed sacraments yes. explode Pe- people coming and being there and spending that time in prayer. Um, the effect is not only for the, the place, but it's, it's for each individual too. So the place itself becomes holy, but then each of those people who's coming to the place, then going out, they become like those, those rays, those rays of light going out that, that seed being sown out in the world. It's, it's really powerful. So I heard an exorcist. This is the best explanation. Again, I'm ABCs. I love it. And I love glow balls. I love, we glow, I glow things all the time for my kids. Okay. And an exorcist said in a talk I was listening to that, just think of this glow ball. You put it up to the light and it's infused with the light and you can see it for miles even. It's so bright. But then the more it's in the darkness and immerses in the darkness, it dims and dims and dims. It has to be brought back to the light in order to get infused with that light again. And that is like our souls. Mm. We need to constantly keep going back to get infused with Jesus' life in mass, in Eucharistic adoration. And if anyone could do anything this Lent, every week of Lent, if you go every day, I doubt it, but if you can go once a week and spend time, an hour, in just your visits throughout the week of making it an hour a week of adoration, 
your entire life would be transformed. And if you want to go even further than that and really get some grit going, do every single thing that Jesus asks you to do without question, without hesitation, be bold, be brave, be courageous. And when he asks, you do it. And I I know Jesus died on the cross and he saved us, but I truly believe it goes back to the garden of Gethsemane where he, it was his obedience to go Mm -hmm. die on that cross that saved us. And our obedience is key in all of this. And the devil doesn't even know what to do with that. Mm. Obedience is not his thing, right? Either it's humility and it takes both of those to wield that sword. And so to go to adoration, what is he saying? What is he asking? Get your marching orders and go. And by the end of Lent, I'm telling you, there is no way that your life will not be transformed and look like something completely different. Is that scary for some people? Absolutely. Will you be a better person? Probably. Yes, absolutely. And just know you're not alone. And I want to give this example. And she, Mother Angelica in the book, right? Look at this little nun who came from a family of divorce, a mess, right? And look where God got her in that just mess that she she grew up in and what he did with her. And she said yes all the way. No matter what he asked, no matter what he was doing, like in her life, she said, whatever you want, Jesus. If she had the means, if she was scared, it didn't matter. All that mattered was Jesus mm. and what he was asking. Can you imagine if we did that? Because Mother Angelica is still setting the world on fire from heaven now to this day because of her yes, right? She's still affecting people all over the world yeah. with EWTN and that that quote rings true from what St. Teresa of Avila. If you truly become who you are meant to be, you will set the world on fire. And look at this nut, still setting the world on fire. All because her little yes is one at a time. And if we can give that to Jesus, you will be a force to be reckoned with as well. Yeah. As, as people are then going and trying to do what Jesus does, the thing I hear the most from, from people is, how do I know when it's Jesus and not just me? How do I know when it's the Lord prompting something in my heart and not just me coming up with an idea? What, what, what do you say to that? I would say everybody's going to be different and mm-hmm. even how Jesus talks or kind of relates to them and just honestly where they're at. Because how I hear Jesus now in my heart is very different than when I was living that lifestyle in the world, you know? But if you ask, Jesus is going to give you the means. There's not going to be a lot of confusion here. Deep down, people know right from wrong. Everybody knows right now, should you be dating that person? Should you be in that job? Should you be addicted to that Netflix show? I mean, should you be watching this or hanging out with friends? Everybody knows the answer to that. So everybody's going to know when they hear the voice of God. I know they know that voice. It's just the devil coming in, whispering, are you sure that was him? Well, if that's doubt, well, we know who that is. You know, but everybody deep down knows. And like, for example, I didn't want to move to Arizona, but I knew that's what God wanted of me. I just... Mm, I didn't want to come, but it's what God was asking. I didn't know why, but I said, let's go. And I had to pick up everything. And I moved our family out here with Jason and his family's out here. And that's great. And now I understand why. But at the time I didn't. Only God could give me peace with something I did not want. Mm, Only God has the power to do that. So also look just where it's peaceful, even though you may not want it or you may not want to give it away. There's still this almost peace about it that just God will give you in doing his will. And I think it's just a temptation and a lie from the evil one. Like, is that really his voice? Yes. Yes, it is. You know, and if not, and you're not 100% sure, just sit on it. Keep praying and God will reveal it to you. 
we have to just ask those simple questions and stop over just thinking about everything and trying to look and be smarter than we are. Just God is simple, you know, go back yeah. to the basics of Jesus. Help me hear your voice. Hmm. Jesus, help my disbelief. These are things we I remember hearing in second grade, you know, and you go back to that. But honestly, that's okay. But you'll grow. You can become this spiritual giant. But we have to go with the basics of where is your foundation? Where is that? Where's that foundation at? I mean, when the ground falls beneath you, where do you go? What do you do? Hmm. What do you fall back on? What is it you're taking to, to numb it all out? You know, everybody can answer those questions right away. Yeah. I, some of the best discernment advice I ever heard was just going step by step. You know, instead of trying to go big picture, just go step by step, see yep. where there's peace. And peace isn't the same thing as, well, I want this. You know, like you said, right? Yes. It's I didn't want this, but the piece is there. And that's, you know, and that's the problem. The piece is there, right? So it's like, you gotta, you gotta just go step by step. I know that when I was discerning marriage, the mm -hmm. only time I ever really got in trouble was when I just started like really thinking about it instead of just <laughs> listening, hearing something going like, okay, I'm going to move that. I'm going to move this inch, you know, mm -hmm. instead of like being like, oh, I got to go mile by mile. You know, I should probably just go step by step. <laughs> You know, one you indication know. is it's one thing at a time with God. Yeah. He's never asked me like these multiple, huge, big things. They're very just one thing at a time. Some were big, some were little, but it's always one. And I will be stuck there. I was stuck there for months. I didn't want to go to counseling. I said no, but I was stuck because it was one thing. He didn't keep asking all these different things. Right. It's always going to be one. And if you don't have peace about that one, you keep moving forward until you do. Stay the course. And something that I think is vital that people don't understand you have to give God permission, mostly to do yeah. anything. Like the devil does not force you to sin. That is your choice. Everybody that's in hell, that's their choice to be there. You know, that is a choice. And Jesus doesn't force anything on us either. But it is vital that we say, Jesus, I give you permission. This is my, been my prayer lately. Jesus, I give you permission to transform me into everything that you created me to be. Give me all the gifts necessary. Give me all the wisdom necessary so that I can fulfill whatever it is you created me for. That has been incredibly powerful because people do little steps at a time and they're like going in the right direction. But if you just right off the bat, give God free reign and the will to do whatever it is he needs to do in you, man, he's going to do it. But we have to let him know that is okay. We give that over to you. We give I give you permission, Jesus, because in the spiritual realm, it's very legalistic. And it's important that we tell Jesus and give Jesus our yes to his will in our life. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you just keep dropping the mic. It's great. No, it's it's just, it's really good. I'm People out here wanting to be like, preach. Yeah, preach. You know? <laughs> God only does one thing at a time. The king can only it's move simple. one square at a time. We people get upset that we use masculine pronouns with God. Come on, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> it makes perfect sense. So, so I, I said before that we would come back to it. Do you have any advice oh, yeah. for me as a new father and or I mean, I'm, so I'm a new husband too. Right? We've been married for oh, uh, this is bad. Seven months. Uh, no, eight months. Um, okay. And she's thought. just about seven months pregnant. Something. It, they're very closely related. She got pregnant a month in, is the point. Um, and so we're about eight months in here. Um, so I'm new at both. <laughs> he has no idea when he got married. 
<laughs> Renee, oh, I, I promise he knows. I promise he's fully the, the aware. The anniversary date is July 9th. That I know. Okay, there you, way to go. You got it. I'm just As bad a at husband, math. <laughs> right off the bat, I have this to say to you and all couples out there, especially newlyweds, okay? Yeah. Guard your marriage. Outside of marriage, the devil will do everything in his power to get you as close as physically possible, right? And to stain that. Inside of marriage, the devil is going to do everything in his power to separate you two, to keep you as far as physically possible. And with that being said, those little cracks that can really cause problems in the foundation of, well, you're getting, you're just working too much or your friends are becoming a, like things can look good too, like ministry, just things are kind of getting in there. Even if it's a hobby or a sport or a friend or a mother-in-law or whatever it is or looks like you guard that relationship, your wife and God, God and your wife always come first hands down. If there's a problem and you're seeing problems, take it seriously. Because the devil is going to come in there in all different shapes and sizes just to like push you two away. Do not allow that. And you be the spiritual leader that you need to be and protect your spiritual warfare prayers, especially now. Use the holy water. Use the salt. Get the candles. Get the Benedictine crucifix. Get, get the salt. Do what you need to do and get those weapons of light and teach your wife how to battle in that. That's a problem. Women do not know how to battle in spiritual warfare. We need to stop being afraid and acting like our religion is on a shelf somewhere because we go to church on Sunday or we say our prayers in the morning and we put them on a shelf. No, we live in the spiritual battle. We live in our faith, walking day in, day out, every second. And we have to bring Jesus with us. And we need to recognize that instead of shelving our faith because we're going out in the world or going grocery shopping or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So teach your wife also to battle. When it comes to kids, bless them, put spiritual protection over them on a daily basis, even in the womb right now. Yeah. And, and bring ask God to bring the blessing, the abundant blessings and anointing on your children in Jesus' name. We don't do that anymore. People think they feel weird or Protestant or whatever else. No, we're people of God. This stuff is in the Bible. That is an instruction manual on how we need to live. We cannot be afraid of it. You know, these are not just fables in a book for us. This is real life. And we need to make it our real life. So don't be afraid of that. And at the youngest of age, teach your children to listen to the voice of God because he talks to them. He's calling them and that they were created for something very special. Mm -hmm. They have purpose and a plan on their life. And they could be the next St. Teresa of Avila, Joan of Arc. I mean, St. Benedict. Why not? Why is that so far removed from us? It's not. This is all hands on deck. We're in a battle. We're in a war. And I truly believe God is going to be sending us some serious warriors in this spiritual fight. And maybe they're very little right now. Maybe they're teenagers. Right. Maybe they're in their 40s. I don't know. But they're all around us. And all we have to do is listen. Be obedient. Listen to what God's asking. That's the end. Everything else will fall into place. No matter what comes after you, no matter what's going on, do not let the devil distract you. Even if you are getting beat down, as long as you know you're doing God's will, nothing else matters. He will restore and, and everything in your life that is going on, but we have to stay the course and be strong. Mm. Yeah, you know, in the, in the right of baptism... <laughs> In, in the rite of baptism, I always love that the parents and the godparents trace the cross on their child's forehead. And I like, I like to remind the parents and the godparents, that's the blessing that you get to give to your godchild. And it's something that, that you're to your child, to your godchild, that's something that you uniquely can give to them. And, and you can offer them that blessing in, in a way that nobody else can. Like, I as a priest get to bless 
because I'm a priest. So I can bless anyone, I can bless just about anything, and we're good to go. But there's a unique role that my friends who are our fathers have when they bless their children, uh, my friends who are mothers when they bless their children. And then mm-hmm. I've got I've got friends, and I'm the, the godfather to the, one of their kids, and they also come to Mass here. So <laughs> after Mass, uh, she doesn't get just get the priestly blessing at the end of Mass, she also gets the godfather blessing just for me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But she's also at the age now where she runs away. I say, I say, Jojo, Jojo, come here. I want to give you your blessing. And she looks at me and goes, no. And she runs away yeah. and she runs away giggling and it's, it's hilarious. And then she like, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, you bless I, her from afar. Oh no, I, I, catch her. I, I chase her. I'm like, you're not getting away from this blessing. You, you need to have it. So I, I had this couple come in to see me recently, um, recently engaged. They're getting married and uh, lovely people. They're, they're really excited to get married and he's Catholic and she's not, um, and she said to me, Father, I think I, I want to become Catholic. And I said, great. Um, and she said, yeah, I think it's it's really important for us to be able to pray together, to be able to worship together. And when we have kids, uh, it's important that, w- that we have a united front. But more than anything, I was raised, and she was raised in a, in a Baptist tradition. She said, more than anything, I was raised to, um, to believe that my father um, was, the, was our, our spiritual leader in the home. And she's, and that's what I want him to be. And she pointed to her fiance, who is a cradle Catholic who has never heard anything like that before in his life. And, and I just watched wow. him. I watched him like turn really pale. And he looked at me, going, "That can't be right. Like, please rescue me from this situation because I don't think I can be a spiritual head. And I think she might have it backwards. That that doesn't sound right." Now, they're also from different parts of the country, and so like. He's from mm-hmm. up here in the Northeast, and so there's a little bit of yeah. a cultural difference where, like, we don't always say yeah, things yeah. quite that way with that kind of freedom in the Northeast. We we tend to be a little bit more reserved and, and PC should, about though. stuff. Oh, yeah, no, I think we should drop all the PC stuff because it's not helping us. But in any case... Um, what was the what was the intro to to the real world back in the in the nineties, right? It's like what happens when people stop being polite and start being real, right? Yeah, yeah. That's like that. we need to do that. Okay, that's that's what we need mm-hmm. to be. Um, there's there's a reality right. to that. So I looked at him and I said, well, the thing is, she's right. She's absolutely right. You are going to have to be the spiritual leader in the house. It's necessary. Like it's, it's, it's ordered in this way. The, like the way that, that God has created us is actually that there would be a leader, spiritually speaking. That doesn't mean that you are absolutely in charge. It's not a power thing, but you have a, a particular God-given mission to, to lead spiritually. And I said, the great thing is you have found a, a fiance, you have found a woman who wants to call you to that and who's going to hold you to it. And I said, there's no gift that you're ever going to find that's better than that. And that's she was true. like, really? I'm doing the right thing? Because there was a part of her that was like, now living up here in the Northeast, is this just crazy talk? Am, like, am I the only one who has ever heard of this? Mm-hmm. All right. Did you meet your husband, Jason, pre or post conversion? Oh no, I was in I was in the Bahamas at a chastity conference learning how to be a speaker is where I met Jason. That's how you know it's a God. It's like he gets me from here and in there. Because who the doesn't go to chastity conferences in the Bahamas in the tropics at the beach, right? <laughs> Thank like you, of right? all the places to be chased and everything. Of course that's the place where the virtue is gonna most be cultivated. Right, right. No, that's it makes was sense. like the bachelorette. It was out of control. <laughs> Not in a bad way though. Like a good Catholic, like chase bachelorette, but all the female chastity speakers were looking for that, see that sounds like a fun show. That should be that's the name of it. 
good Catholic chaste bachelorette. <laughs> I, wow. I think I think we have to talk about I this. Know. I can't. We can't not talk about this result. Okay. <laughs> Everything technological that Kristalina Everett owns has just completely exploded, and we're now using her children's devices in order to <laughs> to get through. Literally. Now, but you have some kind of Godzilla thing on there. What's it called? The the um the uh, 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 like Griffin. And it's Griffin. I knew I knew it was a, a mythical creature <laughs> yeah. of some sort. Uh, <laughs> It's called a Griffin, and actually has been wonderful with for the kids. It shows everywhere they go, hailing their own websites. I mean, you can shut it off. Literally, it controls your TV, everything. But it's a, almost a safety system for the internet. And everything's on your phone, but it's merging with mine is not going well at all. It's causing causing me problems, probably because the user is the user is causing the problems. But my iPhone just shut down. I have to contact Apple, so everything of mine, even my computer, oh, is just. Some reason, so I had to get my daughter's in the middle of our interview her little iPhone Mini 12 that she has, and <laughs> right now, and I'm running all over. I'm disheveled, but it's life, spiritual and warfare. Well, Christalina Everett's world, you know. Let's be honest, it's insane. <laughs> can, can can we give your daughter a shout out at least here to like? Is that okay? Off, she's like, I'm out of here. And what's her What's her name again? I'll be Mary Stella. All right, Mary Stella, you're the best. This is amazing. <laughs> She's Official awesome. Shout out. Can't believe it. That's fantastic. I love the name too. Mary Stella. That's, oh, yes. Oh, what a great name. What a great Thank name. You. Yeah. Thank you. Born at 777 at 707 in the morning. And I was two weeks late. That's no joke. That's crazy, right? Okay. It's like the 40th week. And he was just, the 40th, what? Fourth trimester is what he said. That's the exact word. <laughs> fourth trimester i'm like that's not even funny jason you know like, <laughs> no but yeah and it just happened wow all right you don't have to talk about this if you want to, but like what what's that like to being two weeks late brutal. that's got that's got to be hard it was brutal and i was 200 pounds when i went to the hospital oh, i was man. so just like it was like everything was pregnant couldn't take anymore like just the water weight the baby everything and she was almost nine pounds so it was you know, it's just what it what it was. Man. And I was in labor 40 hours. And then she was born 43 hours into it. But at 40, I, I had to get an epidural. I couldn't take anymore. I was exhausted. Man. I was just, I was done at that point. And wow. it was a lot, but we did it. Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful for celibacy. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> You know, Matt, get ready because you're gonna face this real soon. I know. You're gonna, I know. Be, great. Yeah. You're gonna be great. Just yeah. like you're right there for Renee helping her out. It's gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. You know, yeah. my, my that we are gonna talk about when we get off. But you can share it with the audience if you want later. But that's your decision. But okay. don't okay. let me forget to do that. When we so my, okay, my, okay. my friend who is the the mother of my goddaughter, uh, we have the same birthday, and so every year we we do something with her family and everything to celebrate the birthday. And, and I told her on our 33rd birthday that St. Thomas Aquinas speculates that we will have in the resurrection of the body, we will have the, the glorified body, but it will be our body at the age of 33. And I said, and you're pregnant right now. So that means that you'll be pregnant in the resurrection for eternity. <laughs> and she, she didn't like hearing that. I don't, I don't really know why. Um, it was, uh, <laughs> You know, it's brutal. I thank God I really gave that over to him because I can't imagine my life without my Mary Stella or Angelica, but in the moment or any of my kids, you know, all 11, as 
more and more and more came. It was hard. It was shocking. I flipped the pregnancy test, everything. And like, how am I going to do this? You know, it's, it's a lot. And I'm a good God fearing Catholic woman who wants God's will. And I can't even imagine those women that don't have the faith. And thank yeah. God yeah. I gave my life over to him because the selfish Crystalina, worldly Crystalina would have been like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. It's too much, you know, but mm. thank God he gives us that freedom to give it to him. And then he gives us the grace. And I really couldn't imagine my life without any of my children. So it's a blessing. Our faith and giving our will over to God really is such a blessing in the hardest of moments. Wow. In the end, you're always blessed no matter what. Mm. You're always blessed for it. Awesome. awesome. That's so beautiful. Um, well, just before everything explodes again and we ruin all of the technological uh, apparatus that you have in your home, uh, <laughs> Matt got to ask you his question about advice for, for a father and for, for a, a new husband. Um, what do you say to priests? What, what do you think that priests need to be bringing to their people? What do people need to hear from their priests and know for their, from their priests? How can priests serve you better? The truth, be unafraid to give them the hard truths of our faith, but that is what's going to help them and get them through this turbulent storm that we're living in right now. You know, it's it's not this cakewalk and you can live however you want and God's going to love you through anything and you can live how you, it's just, that's not the reality in, in our faith and our life, but we love Jesus in the good. He loves us in the good, the bad, and the ugly, but... To be honest with your people and not to be afraid to give them Jesus in the Eucharist. That's all you can do because we're nothing without Jesus. We're absolutely nothing. The church is empty without him. Our faith is nothing without him. But we can't live our lives without him and mm -hmm. to just always give them back to Jesus, you know, and to fast. Go back to the fasting for your church, for mm -hmm. your people. That is powerful and the authority that you have over your parishioners and what you can exercise there and teaching them the spiritual warfare. And don't be afraid to talk about those hard topics. Awesome. Yeah. You know, it, I'm, I'm glad you bring oh. up fasting because not just because we're coming up on Lent, but like the, the idea of, of fasting is, is really something I think, especially diocesan priests, we lose, like we, we lose sight of how, of how valuable that can be and how, how effective too. So I'm, I'm glad you're bringing that up. Thank you. Well, listen, also, Struggle. The priests, in their own struggle that they're having right now and the onslaught coming against them, I'm sure is huge, right? And some priests just don't know how to handle it. And, and I would say to everyone that is struggling with something in their life that they just can't seem to get rid of, even if they're trying everything to do it, sometimes you have to go back to that old school fasting and that will jolt it, that will shake it, that will break it. But without that, sometimes it can't be broken. Hmm. Awesome. <laughs> this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think I think we, we should we should wrap this up because otherwise everything's going to explode. It's all going to overheat. We're going to get locked out of everything. Kristalina Everett, thank you so much. The book is Women Made New from Sophia Institute Press. Go to womenmadenew.com, right? Yes, womenmadenew.com. Okay. I actually just redid the entire website so women if they want a healing process and they don't know what to do or where to go i have made a one-stop shop of 
the best counselors that are solid Catholic counselors. You want to find a Eucharistic adoration near you. All you have to do is scroll down to faith, type in your zip code, and you'll find all the churches close to you. Eucharistic adoration, confession, mass times, but all the best resources and Catholic resources for women, even Spanish websites, mm. I have put on there. So they don't have to worry about the content. Is this good? Is this not? That everything there is going to be really life-giving and help them in this healing process and to go there and share it with other women and just know that you are not alone and to speak to everyone that is listening right now i would really encourage and challenge you to let this be the best lent of your life mm. you never know what god wants to do with you and if you could just give it all to him right now i mean just don't hold back in any way giving everything to jesus say okay i've given you 40 days god do whatever you want that's the challenge right there. Do whatever you want, God. 40 days, it's yours. I'm here. I'm open. Show me what to do. What is it that's keeping me from you? What is your will? What are your orders? And I'm telling you, your entire life would change. And if we can get people, an entire Catholic church doing and saying that, we have an army to defeat anything coming against Mother Church. That's it. That's Amen. it. That's so good. That's it. Yeah. Christina, thank you. It's, you've been really generous with your time. And yeah, you have, thank you, you so have much. been true to your word. Stay the course. You've I, persevered through every difficulty that we've had in doing this. You're awesome. I, I, I'm so grateful to you. Thank you so much for being part of the tangent with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'll keep you all and your listeners in my prayers. God bless. Thank you. Thank you.